It's Friday, September 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Shortly, we'll be joined by Indians Director of Baseball Information, Bart Swain. But first, uh, we want to talk about last night's big win for the Indians. Uh, they snapped an eight-game losing streak, and, and Jose Ramirez is, is, is as hot as any Indians hitter has been all season. Yeah, you know, a much-needed win, Joe. They were in the right place. Uh, Jose celebrates his 28th birthday with, uh, you know, goes four for five home runs in his first two at-bats, four RBIs. And uh, he was facing a, uh, one of his, uh, a familiar foe and one of his most uh, favorite teams to hit against. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is never going to want to leave Cleveland just for the opportunity to face Detroit 19 times a year because he, he loves hitting in Comerica Park. Uh, Shane Bieber also picks up win number eight. And if not for uh, staying in maybe one batter too long, uh, you know, he'd probably be the leader, in, uh, baseball's overall leader in ERA, but he gave up a three-run homer on his last pitch of the game. Uh, thankfully, the Indians had a 10-run lead at the time, so, uh, you know, no damage done. But Shane Bieber, again, up until that pitch, was as impressive as he's been all year. Ten strikeouts, uh, three runs, seven and two-third innings, matched his uh, matched his longest start of the season and the most pitches he's thrown this year, 118. Yeah, he was in control from, from uh, pitch one. And uh, it's especially nice to see him get some early offensive support. So, you know, it's not like he's walking the tightrope, you know, like every other – it seems like every other start, he's he's on he's on the razor's edge. Right, uh, leads uh, leads baseball overall in wins, in strikeouts, and he's second in ERA. Know who he's second to, Hoinsey? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer with a one point four one ERA or one point seven one ERA, and uh, and Bieber with the one point seven four ERA. So uh, there's a possibility there that that. Uh, Shane Bieber, if in another, you know, with another strong outing uh, in his next start, could possibly take over the the lead of all three. And and at that point, you, you've got to think he's a lock for the American uh, American League Cy Young. Yeah, definitely. I think right now he's he's got to be the odds-on favorite, Joe. I mean, to to win the award, he would be the uh, what Gaylord Perry, CC Sabathia, Cliff Lee, um, uh, Corey Kluber twice, and he would join that that kind of elite group. He's got that chance. And what about if Bauer wins it in the National League? What you know, and he's being mentioned as a favorite too. That that's not a bad uh, resume for uh, the Indians uh, pitching development people. Well, well, don't forget, Bauer said when he was with the Indians that he was going to win multiple Cy Young awards. So this is this would just be the first for yeah. for Trevor Bauer. He's he's going on to win multiple Cy Youngs. Don't forget that. And then we had to hear him complain when he got hit hit in the ankle uh, by Jose Abreu a couple of years ago when he, sh- he thought he should have won it, but the injury kept him out of it. Well, let's be honest. If he had continued on the trajectory that he was on back in 2018 before he got hurt, he probably would have won that. He had a chance. He, he had a chance to win it, definitely. So the Indians back on the winning track. They, are, they leapfrogged over Toronto into the seventh spot in the American League wildcard uh, chase. The White Sox and Rays clinched their playoff spots last night. Uh, They are going to work on uh, clinching their divisions uh, in the next coming days. Uh, The Indians' magic number right now to clinch uh, a spot in the postseason is at six. Uh, The earliest, I believe, that they can clinch if everything falls the right way, if if other teams lose and they keep winning, the earliest they could possibly clinch would be 
uh, Sunday. And so, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, even after an eight game losing streak and even after this crazy COVID uh, quarantine season that we're, we're going to be talking about the Indians in the playoffs come Monday. Yeah, I think one way or the other, Joe, they've got a great chance. I don't know when they clinch, but they should be in there. It's just a, pro, a, a question of how far do they go once they get there. Right. Scheduling, or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, seating quirk actually has the Indians with uh, two more wins and two fewer losses than the Astros, but the Astros would hold the sixth seed, and uh, I, I believe they would be playing uh, Oakland if the playoffs started today, but because the Astros are the second place team in the West, they would get the higher seed than the Indians with the better record who would have to go on the road either way. But uh, they would go on the road at, at this point to Tampa Bay uh, unless things change between now and the end of the season. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, Joe, what, what do you, how do you celebrate clinching in, in the COVID era, do you spray champagne on each other or is it, do you have to do it by Zoom call? What, what's, what, what happens? I, everybody gets on a Zoom call in their own corner of the room and dumps a bottle of champagne on themselves or, or, or chugs a beer. I, yeah, it's, yeah, you know who you feel bad for though in that situation are, are the rookies in the, in the clubhouse who have never celebrated uh, a win or, you know, or the, the, the veteran guys who have, waited this long to, to get yeah. there and, and, and not made it. Uh, you know, a, a guy like a Sandy Leone's had the, the ultimate champagne celebration. He's had the World Series, you know, champagne celebration. Uh, so I, I'm not going to feel bad for him not being able to celebrate. But and, and, you know, who knows, for a couple of guys in that clubhouse, it might be the, the last Indians champagne celebration that they get after having three or four. And I'm talking about guys like, Carlos Santana and Francisco Lindor. Yeah, that's right. You know, I always when you when you talk about those celebrations, this thing always comes to my mind. I remember when CC Sabathia was a rookie, and uh, Chuck Finley, you know, like the 17, 18 year old vet, uh, uh, 17, 18 year vet, and I I think Chuck had just been in the postseason maybe once, and uh, you know, CC was there as a rookie. And I remember Finley saying, enjoy this, because <laughs> you never know when it's going to happen again. And fortunately, it did happen a lot for uh, CeCe in his career. Yeah, I think 2018, similar, uh, Yonder Alonso, when he was with the Indians, uh, was celebrating and had, had made the postseason as a rookie with the Reds uh, a few years prior, you know, several years prior. And, you know, didn't know if he was ever going to get back to the playoffs at that point. And, and he was genuinely appreciative in that, in that locker room. I remember talking to him. Uh, speaking of talking to guys that were in that locker room uh, and have been around a few Indians uh, champagne celebrations, uh, we got a special guest coming up here on the podcast, uh, Bart Swain, uh, the director of baseball information for the Indians, uh, 29 years with the club. Uh, Bart's probably got stories upon stories upon stories that he could tell that would probably – get a lot of people in trouble, but, <laughs> but really we want to focus on talking to him about uh, what it's like traveling with this team, being with this team this year in this crazy COVID bubble situation. Uh, so really looking forward to talking to Bart. Yeah, definitely. I think they've done a great job, the Indians PR department, you know, keeping, you know, trying to keep the link between the, uh, the media and, and the ball club 
you know, intact and, and vital, um, you know, because it's, it's such a, we have no access to the players. So, you know, it's up to them to, to get the players to line up the interviews and, you know, so far so good. And, you know, and they're kind of rounding the, uh, the home stretch here. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we will be joined by Bart Swain, Director of Baseball Information for the Cleveland Indians here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right. We're joined by Bart Swain, the Indians Director of Baseball Information in his 29th season with the club. Uh, 29 seasons with the club, Bart, but you've never seen anything like this. Oh, wow. Yeah. This one has uh, aged me pretty good. This is like worth, this is like a dog year season. It's like a, a seven season this one's worth seven seasons. It's, uh, I'm glad it's not more than 60 games. It's, uh, it's really been interesting. You know, going into the sort of second round after, after COVID hit and, you know, we, we went away for three months and then uh, things started to move and it, it, you, there was a, the plan to come back. Did you have any idea in, in June or July what your role in all of this was going to have to be with the team and, and just how much you were going to have to take on personally uh, in, in traveling with the team this year? I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, in April, May, that uh, Zoom was going to be my new best friend. And, uh, and that's the way the media stuff was going to go. I, I just had that sense that that, that that was the only option that they were going to do, especially when they closed the clubhouses and at the end of spring training. Um, I guess I didn't know like the volume of just emails and uh, just how organized I was going to need to be um, with all the calls and the timing. And I tell you, you set a zoom time and, and you kind of get working on something and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's three fifty nine. and you got a four o'clock zoom and it just, a lot of times it just sneaks up on you. As, as far as, being sort of inside this bubble with the team uh, throughout the season. Uh, is that sort of your role? You're, you're, I, Major League Baseball divided things up into like tier one, tier two, and tier three. Right. So the media is tier three. Uh, you're in tier two or tier one? I'm in tier two. So tier one is players and uh, medical staff and coaches. And then tier two is uh, equipment guys, uh, travel travel secretary, uh, communications, and then uh, other coaches as well that fall outside of tier one. Uh, so our department, our communications department only has two people in tier two. So it's, we basically juggle everything between autographs, interview requests, um, you know, whatever community impact stuff that we can do, which is minimal with, uh, you know, when you're in the bubble that we're in, um, but you know, everything's falling on us and, uh, it's the social media aspect too. Like I didn't even touch that. And that's, that's a huge part of it. And that's falling on our other, uh, tier two guy, which is his name's court Barry trip. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. It's funny. Uh, if you watch closely, some of the, the broadcasts, you can see at the oh, end yeah. of the game, court running out onto the field with, uh, with the camera or with the phone to, to sort of get those clips to send along. Uh, and he's like, hey, hey, there's court, you know, it, it's yeah. he's, he's there with mask and gloves on too. Yeah, it, uh, it is. Yeah. And so like funny that you bring that up with the gloves and stuff. So like post game interviews at home, when you see the guys on the headset, uh, we're giving them the headset 
you know, with gloves on and then we uh, disinfected at before and after, you know, so we're sitting there with wipes on, um, you know, with wipes, you know, cleaning it off right after the game. Um, it's still bizarre to me, you know, after the game in that situation on a walk-off interview and there's nobody in the stands. Usually you can't hear yourself because it's mm -hmm. loud. And uh, it's just – the no fan thing is just – I still haven't gotten used to it. That is the weirdest thing, just to look out at those big ballparks and there's nobody there. Just you know, empty seats. It's unbelievable. We were in Wrigley Field, you know, this week and uh, – I kind of got a new appreciation for Wrigley Field that, you know, 2016 was so crowded and cramped and crazy. And then just sitting there in that empty historic ballpark was just, it was, it was cool and bizarre at the same time. It was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. And is then you look up field? and you're getting it. You look up and you're getting attacked by drones and the, the game is stopping. Yeah, how, <laughs> yeah. how strange was that? I didn't pick up on it right away. Uh, you know, they announced it over the in-house PA, um, I found it was really strange that no one went up to it when I was laying on the field. Yeah, they, you know? everybody looked afraid of it, like it was going to yeah, blow up. Yeah, like it had a bomb well, on yeah. it or something. Well, let's let's be honest though. Your 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 franchise has a history with you know run-ins with drones, so I can understand why no <laughs> pitchers wanted to walk up to that drone. So. And and this day and age, would you be surprised at anything at this point? Yeah. No, right, not at all. I mean, uh, Rick, nothing surprises me. Rick Manning on the broadcast actually said, you know, he, he wanted to he see somebody run out there with a bat and just smash it. But I, I, I was surprised at one of the relievers because it kind of landed near the Cubs bullpen. Uh, I was surprised one of their relievers didn't do that, or at least throw a ball at it. Yeah. Right. Well, I think Logan <laughs> Allen tweeted that, uh, that he wanted to see Bieber out there with a ball and try and dot it up because he never missed a <laughs> uh, That's it, pretty funny. It's funny that you brought up, uh, you know, the, the disinfecting aspect of it. And, you know, how much of the decision to – was there a decision for you personally? Uh, you know, you have a family at home. You, you have to make the decision to, to, to expose yourself to this, uh, to the coronavirus, and, and to be in this uh, sort of situation where you're traveling around with the team. There's a lot of unknowns. What For you personally, what was the decision like? I – you know what – you know what – that, that's good that you asked that. Um, I never gave it a ton of thought. It's just kind of in my DNA to, you know, there's a baseball season and it's time to work. And uh, I think if I was older or if I had some underlying conditions, I'm healthy and I'm 50 and uh, knock on wood. Um, it just was really never a consideration, but you know, that I can see why others did. Uh, you know, like our hitting coach and Brad Mills, um, you know, Tito's going through his own health issues. So right. um, I just felt like I owed it to the team and our department and Mr. Dolan and um, to, to give it a go, to give it 110%. Bart, when you, when you go into, when the team goes into isolation, when they get home here, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, will you have to do that as well? Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, to be honest with you, I'm kind of exhibit A when it comes to that because I have three kids in school. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to push back at all because I'm, my kids are going to school uh, in person, all three of them starting September 28th. Two of, two of the three now are, are in school now. So, like, I'm around them all the time. And, uh, you know, I – I got to get out of here if that's 
I can't put this thing off the rails. <laughs> well, and I don't think know, my wife's very happy about it, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough thing. Or she may be happy about it. I don't know. <laughs> but you mentioned like there's, there's precedent here with, and even with the Indians, you know, the, the situation earlier in the year where uh, Clevenger and, and Plesak were, were caught going out in, in yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be the one that sort of, you know, heads things south for the, the franchise. Is that sort of the responsibility that you have to the, to the guys in the clubhouse and everybody in the traveling party? Absolutely. Right so, you know, during the season, uh, you know, I, I could see where this thing was going in April and May, like with the zoom calls, but just in April and May, knowing that, you know what, you can't really be stupid. You can't be going out to a local brewery here. Uh, you just, you just kind of got to live like you did in, you know, in March and April when things were shut down and uh, to an extent. Um, so yeah, I just kind of deal with it right now. You know, there's a pandemic going on, so you gotta. Well, okay. So, so knowing you, uh, that means you haven't had access to any of your, uh, your favorite stouts. And, uh, <laughs> uh, although I can, can still, I can, I've gotten to, uh, Heinen's and gotten my dark <laughs> apparition from Jackie O. So, okay. Uh, what about the bike, uh, riding? Have you been able to ride your bike? Uh, I mean, that's obviously something you can probably do. Yeah. But if you're on the road, obviously not, but, uh, you're, you're involved with the, the Velisano or are you guys still doing that virtually? What's the, yeah, we're, uh, I feel so bad for them, you know, obviously with every uh, other, you know, charity and organization that, that struggled with everything. Uh, it was virtual this year. Uh, I kind of lost, I probably should probably get back into it a little bit. You know, I'm our team captain. Our, our team jerseys are sitting in my office, which I don't have access to. <laughs> that uh, makes it harder. So our offices are actually closed through the end of 2020. So I don't even know when I'm going to get these jerseys out. But, uh, you know, I, I do feel bad about Velisano um, and all the charities and other organizations uh, that were affected by this. Um, but hopefully 2021 will come back stronger. But back to your earlier point, I am riding my bike a lot, probably more than I should. I'm, my legs are killing me. And uh, I'll probably take it to the hotel with us in, during this quarantine, uh, during this homestand to be able to tell you, head down to the towpath that's not bad. Uh, what, what has it been like with uh, working with Sandy as an acting manager? How, how has that gone? And uh, what's the difference between him and Tito? Um, well, I think Tito knows, you know, the parameters of the media, um, pregame, postgame, the broadcast calls that we do, like the Ham Tom Hamilton pregame show. Um, Sandy, you know, Sandy wasn't expecting this. So like he didn't prepare, this isn't his club. Uh, the media thing has um, kind of not overwhelms him, but like uh, it, it can get a little much for him. So I try to give him little breaks here and there. Um, but that's been a very challenging aspect of all this too, is, is we have an acting manager um, who I've had a relationship with for 29 years. And I love the guy and we're very close, but uh, and we're almost too close. We're like brothers. We fight a lot, <laughs> um, but he's, it's been great. Uh, he's been a total trooper and uh, really is helping us out. Uh, it's helped us, helped me out a ton. 
Um, but, you know, I, you guys see it too. Like I'll give him pregame off or, you know, make, you know, have Chris or Mike do it or Carl Willis. Uh, he, he doesn't work as closely with the pitchers. So that's why I have Carl on a lot. So it's been trying to be creative and giving him a little bit of a rest and then still giving you guys what you need. Yeah, but it's good for us. We, you know, we've gotten to talk to Chris Antonetti more this season than in, in any season yeah. previous. And, and that's, there's, there's, it's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And it gives us different avenues to, to sort of explore. Uh, all right. The, the million dollar question is, of course, you know, you're not in the press box with us during games. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, you know, a, a lot of limited access for the media though. So, so which reporter on the beat do you miss the most this year? That's, that's the million dollar question. Oh, I miss – it's tough between you two. I don't know. It's like <laughs> picking your favorite kid. <laughs> uh, I miss talking about Raleigh Inn with you. Oh, well, that's one of my favorite spots to stop. And, Hoinsey, you lost your Florida State hat, man. I'm totally yeah, bummed. Yeah, I know. We get, we're, we're getting these Zoom calls with, like, college kid Hoinsey. He's in hoodies and backwards. <laughs> all it's, like he's, uh, it's like he's rushing a frat or something. Well, let me, let me turn the tables on you guys, like – what has your been? What's been your biggest adjustment with all this? Uh, clearly, it's not getting the uh, press dining. I think that's uh, that's the. Biggest. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, well, the, yeah, I think you know the locker room is one thing. You know, miss you know not not being able to go in the locker room, but traveling. You know, just not you know covering this thing from your your house is that is like the strangest thing ever. I mean, we uh -huh. we've done it. For spring training, you know, but even in spring training, we're out there for a couple weeks. But, but during doing road games from, uh, you know, Menor, Ohio, is yeah. it's really weird. And 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 really not being in the locker room and not being able to, you know, just get a guy off to the side and ask him something. Not not in a full blown interview sort of setting, but just like an offhand question about, hey, you know, what'd you see here and yeah, that kind of thing. That informs our reporting a lot more than let's say a, a scrum with like five other reporters right where we all get the same sound clip and it, a lot of the stuff sounds the same and to be to try and package that differently than everybody else that's the real challenge for us this year but believe me that's way down the scale of challenges of this season in terms of what you guys are facing uh, yeah i don't necessarily feel bad about it yeah, I mean, you guys will get a nugget that you might not use for a week or you'll use it in a week for another story, you know, get an idea for something. I mean, I see it. I feel bad for you guys. I feel really bad for you guys. Uh, that's why we try to. Well, you guys of, have done a great job, I think. It, especially in the first couple of weeks and, and month of the pandemic when you guys were trying to hook us up, you know, kind of regularly. Yeah. And, and, and that was uh, that was really great. I know a lot of other reporters on our beats that have uh, relationships with their, their PR guys and didn't get that level of access. So, you know, it's, it, it really, you've been in this sort of overdrive mode since well before the, this season started. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I got the horse blinders on right now. I'm just waiting to get to the, just tell me when it's over. Well, well, the magic number is six. We're in, we're in good shape, right? Okay. This is, this is uh, this is all right. Uh, I, I don't think that, the, the release they sent out didn't have a, a first potential clinch date, but I think it would be Sunday if if everything falls right. I think they could possibly really on Sunday. Okay, so that there's potential there, but we got to keep Barley. winning. 
Bart, have you been, do you get tested as much as the players do? So uh, that's a good question. Tier ones get tested every other day, and tier twos get tested every fourth day. Is it so, the spit, is it the spit yeah. test or is it the yeah. up the nose test? Thankfully, it's the spit test because the up the nose test is brutal. That looks that looks painful. How many it how is, many of those how many of those swab tests have you had to do? I had one actually for another medical. I screwed my thumb up in June, and I had surgery, and I had to have it the day before my surgery, and it was awful. It feels like you're going. It's going into your brain. Well, yeah, but if it tells you that it, whether or not you're positive, and, and you know whether oh yeah, if it protects everybody, then it's mm -hmm. oh, got to do it for the the one time, I guess. Oh, I get it. But no, yeah, we test every fourth day, and then uh, players every other day. And actually, we tested yesterday in Detroit. Which uh, which player complains the most or the loudest about the testing? <laughs> Having to get the uh, I haven't heard one complaint on the testing. Really? Yeah, no. Good. Not one. Uh, I mean, you just spit in a cup for 30 seconds and you're done. All right. It's not real arduous. Is it, is it tough getting players to come on the Zoom calls? No, it hasn't been. Um, you know, that eight-game losing streak was a challenge. Yeah. Um, but, no, for the most part, guys come right in. Uh, you know, for example, like Nick Wickren the other night hit, hits two guys to end the game. Right. Uh, and no one asked for him, right? No one asked for him, but I saw him sitting there, and I'm like, you know, that's probably – that's kind of the story of the game at this point. Yeah. Well, in that situation, it's almost therapeutic for him to, to, to sort of get it out too, you know. Nobody wants to do it, but he's sitting there beating himself up. At least he gets a chance to sit so, us and talk about it. You know, go back to Tuesday night, you know, that happens. He's sitting in his locker. He's just kind of staring into his locker. And I went up to him and I said, hey, I think you should get in there tonight. And uh, he's like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I think you should cool off first. And, uh, and you know what? Credit to, credit to him. He actually got up right then. He's like, I'm good. Right, let's go. And like, boom. Like we were in there That was two that seconds was later. Was he was – he's, he's actually one of my favorites. He's awesome. Well, but that's that's an example of what guys, you know, guys get it, and they know that you guys have a job, and they know it's, you know, some uh, the circumstances are, you know, historic. Well, and and anytime you can get Framil Reyes into a Zoom chat, uh, <laughs> pregame or postgame with us, uh, you know, we we certainly love Framil Reyes. He's he he is. It's like a party every time he walks in front of. He's that funny. He's he's best. funny. I love him. We we do need to do karaoke hour with. Uh, we need to. Uh, well, hopefully they can get in there soon. He's been struggling, so. What Bart? What is it like to be on the road with these guys? And are you are you pretty much isolated in your hotel room, or can you go out? Can you get something to eat? Yeah, you can go. Uh, I wouldn't say about get something to eat. I mean, uh, so I actually take food with me. I take some bread and peanut butter and jelly. On the trips. Yeah. 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 In a cooler. And I put it in the refrigerators there. Um, we, you can like mobile order a Starbucks uh, as of right now, but you can't do that as of, you know, once we move in on Wednesday, all that's done. Really? You got to yeah. eat at the hotel then? Yeah. So 
you can mobile order a Starbucks or do carry out um, or do an Uber Eats on the road. Uh, but beyond that, you can walk around, you can go for a run, you can rent a bike. Uh, but other than that, you can't really, you can't go dine anywhere. You can't, even if it's outdoor seating, you can't do that. Um, it's very structured. I mean, there's six buses pregame. You can't take a train. You can't take a lift. You can't take an Uber. Uh, you can either walk or take a bus um, that we provide. And there's tons of buses. And um, that part of it's been great. And they feed us from 11 to 2. They feed us lunch. At the ballpark. They feed us lunch from 11 to 2 at the hotel. Oh, at the hotel. Okay. And then we're not allowed to go to the ballpark until 2 o'clock for a night game. And that's, that's different. Normally, there, there'd be guys who could go early. Oh, God, yeah. They go at a, Tito would go at 11. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that part of it's been good because, you know, you've heard the term eyewash. Like, right. guys get there early. And, like, why are you here so early? Um, it's been nice to be at home until 3 o'clock on a game day and not have to worry about going in the office. Um, so I've actually spent more time with my family than probably I ever have. Yeah. Just for so, that reason. So the executive offices are shut down at, at, at the ballpark? Or just unless it's like, unless you have game day functions right now. Okay. You know, uh, ballpark operations, uh, baseball operations, um, security, those people are in the office. Uh, our communications department is in the office. But if you don't have a game function, it's the office is closed. And then when the season ends, I think it's going to be closed, period. So as, as we move towards the playoffs, as we move towards uh, the end of the regular season and, you know, all this sort of you – know, it's going to ramp up, obviously, before it winds down. Uh, you know, what's your hope for the offseason? What's your, your outlook for uh, – are we going to have anything resembling a, a normal offseason? Uh, they put out the spring Ooh. training schedule. Is that – is that all you know? Hopeful right now, or what? What's the what's the outlook beyond? That's a uh, beyond October. It's like everything else. I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a normal. It definitely won't be a normal off season for me. I won't be in the office. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't heard anything on the winter meetings. Um, I I would be hard pressed to. Didn't they cancel the GM meetings? Or did they? That's not I, a shock. I believe so. I would be surprised if there was a winter meeting, so that'll be abnormal. Um, and then you get into other things like Tribe Fest and stuff like that. Um, and then all, you know, if there's still, you know, who knows with the vaccine and, you know, how many fans are going to let in next year and revenues. So, like, what does that do to the season in 2021? Uh, media access, like there's so many, like everything else in the world right now, there's so many unknowns and questions that, you know, no one really has answers to. Yeah, seeing the, uh, what, seeing 6,000 fans at the Browns game last night, did that at least give you a, a little sense of hope <laughs> that there's... You know, what's funny is I didn't watch one play of it. I didn't even know they were playing until like four o'clock. And then uh, I had dr driven home from Detroit to spend some time with the family before the quarantine starts. And uh, I didn't watch any of it. I watched some hockey in our game. There you go. Well, I, there, there is a suggestion out there that the Indians wear orange pants, and that might, might solve some of their offense. I've problems. never seen so much hoopla over a uniform in my life. Go ahead, Lindsay. That's all I'm going to say. 
Bart with, um, you know, the, the there's you know the BBWA is concerned. I'm sure about next year somewhere down the road about clubhouse access. What yeah? What's your feel on that? I mean, with, uh, with, honestly, I'd be surprised to start the year in 2021 if we're not doing this. If we're I'm probably in the same boat. Yeah. Is my point. Um, which spring training would be weird because the timing of spring training, you know how spring training is yeah. like, you never know when anything's going to end. Um, but I, I would be surprised if, if it wasn't like this next year to start at least, but I don't think it's going to go. I don't think your access will go away beyond that. Once this thing clears out, um, it's I think not going to be, I mean, the players have been wanting to get the recorders out of their locker room for a hundred years. <laughs> I don't, uh, I understand that. And I, I've sensed both sides of that. Yeah. I've lived it. Um, I, I don't, it will, I don't see it going away. All right. Good. That's good. Well, good. good. We sure. hope not. We hope not because that that's was... the best thing about covering baseball. So I'm um, sure. It right, well, might not be an hour pregame every day yeah. or whatever, but I think, I don't think it's going away. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll wind down. I hope not. <laughs> Bart, one more thing. You know, everybody says this is a sixty-game sprint. To you, and I don't. This has got to be like two, four marathons put together. This is. Uh, that's why I said earlier. I if this was more than sixty games, I I don't know what I would do. But you know, I don't know what next year is going to look like. And yeah, every day you live every day. It's kind of like Tito's mantra. He's like, win today and, and move on. And that's kind of how I take it. Just, just take it day at a time and get through that day. And then let's worry about the following day and get through that day and just tell me when it's over and I'll go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate all the, uh, the work that you and Corkberry trip and and everybody associated with the, uh, the baseball information department over there with the Indians have done since this, this whole pandemic and, and everything started. Uh, and you know, we're almost there. We're almost finished with the, uh, with the regular season and, and getting into the playoffs. And hopefully we have something to talk about in, uh, in October when that all starts. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I'd hate to go five weeks without seeing my family, but I'd probably be worth it. <laughs> right now. I'd, I'd, I'd say that it'd be, I, I'm willing to go into a bubble in Southern California. <laughs> you send me there uh, right now. It's not a problem. All right, Bart. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Hey, thanks. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, Bart. You got it.